Welcome into Missing the Point. I'm your host, DK Sizzle, Dave Clark, back again with the weekly Power Rankings show. Uh, we're going to talk about Bob Kelly's Power Rankings, the kind of crazy, insane, ever-changing organism that lives inside the Missing the Point uh, world. We always talk about how much parity there is this season in the NFL, and, and I think the rankings often reflect that. There's a lot of chopping and changing at the bottom, but also a lot of interesting things to talk about. With me today, I have uh, Broadway Joe Malkin. No Bob Kelly, because he's under the weather, so he's not here to defend himself, which is one of my favorite ways to do these shows. <clears throat> uh, Phil and Inform is the uh, birthday boy, Craig D'Alessandro, usually our producer extraordinaire, but... Has, I asked him if he had one birthday wish in the whole wide world, uh, what would it be? And he said to cure cancer. And I said, well, how about you can just be on the show instead? And uh, we thought it was a fair compromise. Close enough. So here's uh, here's Craig D'Alessandro and Joe Malkin to talk to me about a, a, a ever-evolving but quite entertaining football season. And we're going to start right away with power rankings. At number 10, we have, and we're, just for the listeners at home, uh, we are recur- recording this during the Thursday night football game be- between the Baltimore Ravens and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we're kind of following along, but the context of this show won't really feature the result of that game. And it's not going to matter because neither of these teams are actually on the top 10, even though, you know, they might be next Which is week. kind of amazing. It's kind of amazing. I mean, they might be next week. Like I said, uh, the, the top 10 is, is an interesting one. And starting off with number 10, we have the, the Tennessee Titans who, I, you know, I, I can't quite put my finger on guys like are, I think they have a uh, I think they have a good coach. I think we've all sort of seen what Vrabel can do as a, as a head coach. I think he's got a good football brain. I think he his guys play for him. But at very key positions, I don't think they're it. Uh, but they have a winning record and they're they're kind of trucking right along. What do you guys think of the Tennessee Titans? They're they're at number 10 in Bobby's power rankings, Craig. Uh, do you think that they're going to stay there? Do you think they're going to move up? Do you think they're going to move down? What, what do you make of this Tennessee Titans team? I'm a believer that you all that at least in the NFL you're going to be as good as your quarterback can take you, and I still never will, never have, never will be a supporter of Ryan Tannehill. And I think he got away with a lot the last couple of years because AJ Brown was still down uh, still down there in Tennessee, but now he's gone. Now he's gone to a team we'll talk about. I don't know, 50 minutes from now to give you some <laughs> perspective. And so you know, luckily you know they still have a great rushing, still a great rushing attack with Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill can run. I don't think he's that much of a player anymore in that regard they got good tight ends they're they're beating good teams not really teams. Not, not really they got blown Decent out teams. they got blown out by the uh blown out by the bills beat the beat the raiders beat the Colts. actually they haven't beaten anybody have they not really not really I, I mean you know i think the raiders are probably a lot more disappointing than we all thought they were going to be this yeah. season considering some of the personnel but and, and you know this isn't an attack on you guys but i think their head coach might be dumb so uh <laughs> So, you know, like when it's him versus Rabel and, and, you know, you can kind of sucker uh, McDaniels into making bad decisions. I don't, I don't know if that says that much about the Titans. Also, to your point, Craig, that rushing game, you, you rely on a guy that like Derrick Henry, the way he runs, I feel like it's, it's going to be a diminishing return as the season yes. goes on once he gets more and more touches. So I think we're in agreement there. Joe, this Tennessee Titans team, I, I, I bet you're a fan, knowing you and knowing how you watch football, I bet you're a, a Mike Vrabel fan. Uh, I bet you're a, a fan of, of the system that they're implementing down there, but could, could you really hit your wagon to a Tannehill led Tennessee Titans team? Wow. That was a lot of good alliteration right there. It really <laughs> was. They're, they're a mediocre above average team. Like they're going to middle. That's just, that's the kind of franchise they are. That's the kind of team it is. I think Brabel is a good coach. And I completely agree with Craig that he would be better with a better quarterback. Yeah. Uh, we've really only ever seen him with Ryan Tannehill. So we don't really know what else, what else he can do with a, with a better quarterback. I think Ryan Tannehill's career was rejuvenated uh, and he's playing well, but again, you're hitching your wagon to, uh, a six foot four, two hundred and fifty pound running back that is gonna he he's gonna diminish over time. Coming off knee surgery too, I think. Yeah, and and I don't know really what else they have there. So I mean, this four and two record is great for them, but you're beating teams like the Raiders and the Colts, and I mean the Colts just sat down the quarterback that they hired to basically who they thought was going to be the next coming of Philip Rivers for them. And I think I think I'm with you on the Raiders now, uh, DK. I I think Josh McDaniels might just not be a good NFL head coach, and and that says a lot about what John Gruden did. The, his his first couple of years, <laughs> he he put 
He was winning games, though, wasn't he? He was winning games. And I don't know why they didn't stick with the guy that they brought in last year because uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, the but he he well, they did. fell victim to this this idea that's been sort of uh, permeating around the NFL for the last decade or however long it's been since McDaniel's didn't really get enough time in Denver. That he's this wonderkind that. I mean, you don't be a wonderkin for so long. Eventually, you're just fucking old. But I mean, that he's this sort of uh, he's this sort of great football mind that went when unleashed as a head coach is going to put together like the greatest football team anyone's ever seen. When in actuality, I think we saw a lot of his flaws already exposed as an offensive coordinator in New England. Like, no offense, and you don't have to go through this anymore. But I think the Cam Newton-led offense of the New England Patriots might be the worst offense I've ever seen, and Josh McDaniels that came from the brain of josh mcdaniels so i mean we're not going to sit here and talk about the raiders all night but i i guess i will begrudgingly admit that john gruden's a better head coach than josh mcdaniels there on you go. resume there you uh, go all right but he's a bum idiot so <laughs> clip that and, and put it on and put it on the interwebs okay um, um, yeah, I mean, look, it's it's not the most it's not the most dynamic team to start out with in the power rankings, but I, I think they do deserve to be there. Uh, I I think that there's a lot of discussion that could be had had honorable mention wise uh, for number ten. I think there's teams that are uh, like we said, like a lot of parity. Like after the top three, and you know, we're probably going to do the top three like we usually do, grouping together at the end and and kind of talking about who's who's uh, poking their head out in, in this three horse race, but. Apart from the top three, there's not a ton of drop off. I don't think any team could beat any team, which I think for the neutral, uh, which both of us sort of are, all of us sort of are, because uh, neither of our teams are that good. Um, <laughs> uh, but I don't know. We'll see about the Bears. We'll see. Uh, beat Dallas, and I'm going to be so insufferable. But yeah, I think I, I think that parody is making this season pretty entertaining, but also a little bit difficult to figure out. You know, Bobby's got a tough job this year. A little yeah. bit difficult to figure out who is the top ten best teams, and the the lower you get in the in the numbers, you can probably tell me the best three and the worst three. But everyone in the middle could beat any anybody else on their day. So, as much as the Tennessee Titans might not be box office to talk about, uh, I don't think that they don't deserve to be there. And I I am keeping my eye on them because they could end up with a winning record. Like it, it could happen. They're going to lose to the Chiefs. They still play the Chiefs, but all those a lot of those other games are still for grabs for them. I I do I agree that Tannehill is not the guy, but. Could you draw some parity with uh, with the Giants and what Dable's done over there? I mean, it, you have a, a great running back, a mediocre quarterback, and you just figure out a system to get the best out of both of them while keeping them healthy. And you sort of rely on your defense to win you games. And I and I think that that's, or your front 70, at least, if not your entire defense and special teams. But I think that's could be a model. You know, I, I, I'm not saying the Giants, and we'll talk about them a little bit later, are going to go to the Super Bowl and win anything with, with uh, DJ at, at QB. But I think that, I, I think that, they can get themselves to a certain place in order to make themselves a valuable uh, team that, that players want to come play for and and uh, sort of escalate their their stock. And I think the Titans are trying to do that, but maybe in a little bit of a different way. And maybe their quarterback's even more limited than, than Daniel Jones. I, I think he's definitely more limited, uh, Tannehill is, than Daniel Jones. I, I'm not going to tell you that Daniel Jones is a better NFL quarterback than Ryan Tannehill right now. Yeah, I, it's I six and one, half a dozen of the other. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, we're talking about mediocre at best. One's playing now, better than one's right, playing better but, than the other. But but that could be a testament to the coaches. I mean, it, is Brian Dable that good of an offensive mind? Because he made a very undynamic looking Giants team from last year look very dynamic. Whereas you just said it a couple minutes ago, the Tennessee Titans just aren't dynamic. It's just right. not their style of football. They're, right. they're a more shove it down your throat type of football team where the Giants, I mean, I think one of the best things that Daniel Jones does is run the football. Like, honestly, he, he has these big runs. He finds space uh, and he's still doing that with a completely new offense uh, put in place. So I think that 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 allows them to be a better team uh, than I think they will be a, a better. Well, they are clearly a better team than the Titans. They're halfway up the 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 list. But uh, yeah, I, I think you're spot on. Tennessee's not dynamic. Dable might be a better coach than than Mike Vrabel. I think we got to give it more than seven games. But yeah, I mean that I might agree. be a reactionary thing going on, and I'm sure we'll we'll be participatory in that when we get to number five in the power rankings with the whole New York. The whole the whole of New York essentially. <laughs> What's going on? I know there. this is wild. That might be the uh, most wild part of this entire. Yeah, time. yeah. I mean, uh, at least thankfully the Yankees came up short, but uh, yeah. So New York are all over the football map right now. So there's that. Uh, moving on to number nine, and the the biggest disappointment of the season for me, uh, easily, is that these Los Angeles Chargers. I I really did believe in uh, the numbers that uh, that Herbert had coming in. I I to me it looked like. 
He was gearing up, ready to have a breakout MVP style year. You know, you saw stats like the the only guy who's got more yards per completion is Pat Mahomes. Uh, you know, you you gave him the old eye test, and you saw a guy that was that was so pro ready when he came in, and he was just getting better and better. And not to say that he's like a massive disappointment, uh, or or he's like a bad QB or anything like that. I I just think that he's hit a little bit of a slump coming into this year. I think is like, you know, we're talking about dynamism, dynamism in the offense. There's that's definitely lacking. You can say Keenan Allen's been hurt for most of the year, but I think we're agreed that you got it. If you're Justin Herbert and you want to be the guy that everyone seems to think you are, you got to be able to do it without Keenan Allen. Now they are four and three. It's, it's nothing to sniff at, but it's been a difficult four and three. It hasn't been anything uh, to write home about. So where do you see this chargers team going from here? You know, I think there's, there's some parity between them and the uh, Bengals, the way that, but, you know, both teams look like they could break out in either direction. It seems the Bengals, we'll come on and talk about that, that it seems the Bengals have broken out in the correct direction. Joe Burrow kind of finding his own, uh, becoming the guy that he was at the end of last season and, and into the playoffs and, and in the Super Bowl, quite frankly, despite uh, fearing for his life for the entire time. The worst offensive line in the history of the Super Bowl playing the best defensive line, one of the best defensive lines. But I think uh, I think the the Chargers got to shit or get off the pot at this point, right? They got to decide what what kind of team they are and if they want to actually have a dynamic offense and the defense that that was on paper coming into the season. Well, the the defense hasn't been awful. I think they've lacked on offense, and yeah, Keenan Allen's been hurt, but Keenan Allen's been hurt most of his career. I mean, he just yeah. can't stay on the field. Uh, Austin Eckler has had in, injury problems uh, here and there. He's still great he, though. I mean, oh yeah, I, he's, he's, he's sort of saving them right now. Sure, without a doubt, I would say he's a top seven back in the league top 10 at, at at the worst yeah it's a good football team they're four and three uh they play in a what we thought was going to be a tough division but clearly that hasn't happened really they only have one team to compete with out there in kansas city uh they'll be fine uh, but i agree with you they need to find that dynamism i don't think brandon staley is the best coach and you just kind of compared them to to one of the next teams we're going to talk about in the Bengals. i mean i had zach taylor out what in 2020 i was like oh he's gone and then you know then he went to a super bowl and i i think he ended up being a pretty good coach he's in his third year now they're still playing well there in cincinnati brendan staley i don't know you know it, and this is kind of the coach's theme here right now that's that's kind of jumped in and it'll continue with the next few guys too but yeah i i think the chargers need weapons i think they need to go out and and get him more weapons i just don't think he has enough to throw to i think he's I don't know if he's a guy that's going to make his receivers around him better. I think Mike Williams is a very good wide receiver. I think he's he's got Austin Eckler out of the backfield. He just needs he just needs more weapons and to be able to spread the field and the defense will be fine. Yeah. I wonder if we can even uh, make this comparison down to it. It's definitely not as big of a loss as uh, Chase going down for the Bengals. But Mike Williams, it looks like the quote was weeks, not days for him yep. with the injury problems in the receiving core for for Justin Herbert. I, I wonder if this is a make or break moment for him, though, if he can uh, sort of help alongside the coaching staff. And, you know, like you said, we don't. I don't have a ton of faith in that coaching staff after these games. I, I think a lot of the mistakes that they're making seem to come directly from uh, what would normally come from the coaching staff. The communication doesn't seem there. But I wonder if Herbert can sort of just grab his balls a little bit and start making things happen with the guys he has. Cause I think that that's something we've seen all what we consider the greats to be able to do. Now it's asking a lot of him early on in his career, but you know, Tom Brady had years and it, look, I, I know that, that a lot of times any football show becomes the Tom Brady hour, but Tom Brady had years where there were guys that your most avid college football fan had never heard of uh, coming coming into his team from the draft that he made into legitimate wide receivers because how he threw the ball. You know, Aaron Rodgers, as much as I fucking hate him, uh, has never really had a bunch of first round picks around him in his receiving core, but he's been able to make guys look good. If Joe Montana didn't have Jerry Rice, the greatest wide receiver of all time, he I, I defy other than Dwight Clark, I defy people to name a bunch of his wide receivers this far removed. If you're of our generation, I can do it. That, that's only because I fuck and really liked the 80s 49ers <laughs> uh, as a you the know, 80s 49 that was a great time for football yeah, yeah. i mean but. coming i wasn't alive but coming into my football fandom and sort of doing the the history reading part of it i i really enjoyed their highlights i really enjoyed joe montana as a as a guy and as a representative of the game and also sort of not to go off on a tangent but sort of the 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 dichotomy of him being a notre dame like all american and coming in and being that dude in the nfl and that being the prototype of a, of a quarterback and then to change that sort of in the modern era as the undrafted guy that no one's heard of that has like the kind of 
pathetic combine to come in and be the goat. I, I like, you know, I like that. I like that split. But and you know the whole storyline with him and Steve Young and Steve Young going on to be one of the best and and all this all this stuff with, with with those guys. But regardless, if there are quarterbacks in history that we consider the greats, where their wide receivers made him look good, but usually it's the quarterback coming in and telling us, "I'm that dude, and it doesn't matter who I'm throwing to because I'm hitting him in the fucking hands and I got this offense worked out." I would challenge Justin Herbert to to go do that. I think he's got more than just not having receivers as an obstacle. I think he's got having a a little bit of a fumbling, bumbling coaching staff around him too. Uh, that's, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's true. his. Wouldn't say it's his fault necessarily. That's just sort of you know the eye test of what I've seen. It doesn't really seem like their communications there. <clears throat> but that's true of a lot of teams this year. To to be quite honest with you, I think it's it's sort of a weird theme that's emerged. So maybe we don't 100 percent blame the charge on that. But we sort of alluded to number eight on these power rankings. And that is the uh, former Super Bowl challengers, the uh, the AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Seems like they might have a little bit of a resurgence in him. Joe Burrow looking like a fucking stud out there last uh, last week. I don't have his stats in front of me, but they were outrageous. Joe, what do you think? Your your namesake here in the uh, in the in the middle middle of America does do they come back? Do they still have too many holes? Well, what's going on with these Bengals? Well, we found out Thursday that they lost Jamar Chase for four to six weeks, possibly more. Yeah, that's um, huge. Yeah, it, it's that's massive. I mean, that, I don't want to call him a binky. I just think him and Burrow have such a great relationship. Yeah, uh, some of the greatest chemistry I've, ever, chemistry I've ever seen out of the gate. Oh, he, wide receiver and a quarterback, which um, for obvious reasons, you know, they play together at LSU. But I think the uh, I think that it's so hard to translate that kind oh, of yeah. through the NFL. Oh, and so successfully, and it's just it's awesome. It's amazing because I mean, you think of some of the best, you know, a quarterback wide receiver tandems ever. Marvin Harrison. Well, you had you had one. I mean, Joe Montana, Steve Young with Jerry Rice. You had uh, Brady and uh, Gronk. Of course, it's a tight end. And then yeah, he's a receiver. Had, receiver. Let's be honest. Yeah, he was I a receiver. Uh, you had Peyton and and Marvin Harrison. So I, I would mean, say I the more know, accurate. Honestly, I know that they didn't win the Super Bowl, but the more accurate kind of partnership were probably Brady and Moss. Like single season is probably the best. Yeah, sure. I, I would say Jamar Chase is more closely. Uh, talent-wise, closer to, to Randy Moss than yeah, yeah, to yeah, anybody totally. else. No, I, I like this Bengals team. I still think their offensive line is terrible, but they still have some which good is wild. Weapons. Which is yeah, wild. Which is wild. And, and <laughs> Go they get the fucking lineman, dude. They, <laughs> they improved their offensive line, and it's still the worst offensive line in football, and Joe Burrow is still trying to and, – and he's still doing what he's doing, which blows my mind. The kid's the, kid's the real deal, number yeah. one. Zach Taylor's a good, head, a good NFL head coach. Again, two years ago, I had him fired. And now he, I think he's an actual good NFL head coach. Uh, he's doing a lot with a very young team. Burrow still has options, and that defense is still pretty good. Sure, they're four and three. We're only seven games in, it, and it's gonna. It, it sounds so funny because they they only added one game to the NFL season last year, but it feels like they added more. Like seventeen games for some reason feels like so much more than sixteen. Right? Um, they're they're one of those teams that will be just fine. I think they can find their way through this this middle of the season without chase get him healthy come back you know the 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 ravens have been playing well the the browns are not a good football team and mm-hmm. the steelers don't look great so i i think they're going to be all right in that division yeah. do, you think, do you think cleveland's going to get better when deshaun gets there in week 11 I fucking hope not. That guy sucks. I think <laughs> I, I think that I think that organization uh you know I I think we have the obvious bad owners in football the dan snyder's the cal mcnair's of the world i think dan uh, snyder, you're invited he, on the podcast whenever you want to come on open invitation would love to have you yeah without a doubt we would love, love to, have to have you uh who's the who's the owner of the browns whose name is slip uh, he, he's one of the worst owners in football he's one of the worst owners in sports and he blew up his team and now Again, I know we were talking about the the Bengals, but now we're on the AFC North. Uh, and and Craig asked the question: Are they going to get better? No, they're they're not. They're a bad organization. They keep shooting themselves in the foot. And while Baker Mayfield is not Tom Brady, he's also not Trent Dilfer. But one thing that Trent Dilfer does have that Baker Mayfield will never have is a Super Bowl ring. And I think that if the Cleveland Browns, and this this sounds very like Gen Z, like if they treated them better. But if they treated him better and they actually gave him and they continued to grow the franchise around him, the the team would have been fine. And, yeah, I don't and know about they, that. I don't they know screwed about that, that up. I, I feel like I feel like Baker Mayfield's exactly who you think he is when it comes to to talent. I feel like he talked a big game. I feel like Joe Burrow came in and became great commercials. He was, though. he was he was talking about being 
uh, I, he was all fucking talk. Like he was all lip service. He, was. He, didn't, he didn't actually make any any moves. He had fucking Nick Chubb running for him, who's an absolute fucking beast. Probably the best red zone running back of all time. You know, I, this is a guy that had everything that he needed to be successful. To be quite honest with you, and like except for a competent owner and a good head coach. Uh, maybe, but I mean, he had talent, you know, and, and as far as I, I, I say, I hope not was as far as, uh, what's his knuckles, the fucking sexual assaulter coming back into fucking, I mean, not to say I won't pick him up for fantasy just to see how he's doing, but I already got him. <laughs> the, great. <laughs> Craig's doing Craig a fantasy season him. where he's just like, I'm going to stash everyone. <laughs> All these guys that are suspended and um, retired. His second half of the season is going to be great, but here's the thing. Like I, <laughs> I think that he's probably going to come in and be the best quarterback the Browns have ever fucking had. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's probably what's going to happen because talent-wise, he is. Now, I, I, think, it's, I that, think it's where careers go to die. I, I think yeah, the Browns... might be right. I'm not saying he's going to win a Super Bowl there, but, like, damn, man, like, that dude was not too long ago in, our, in the scope of our lives. That dude was up on the fucking Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Like, yeah, he's a, he's I, a, he is a, an above-average to great quarterback. He is a below average to despicable human being. And he's a piece of maybe, shit, but I mean, he's very fucking he talented. I mean, in how many people do we say that about here in this sports podcast? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. Can you separate the dance from the dancer? I don't know. You fucking tell me. I hope he doesn't succeed. I hope that the city of Cleveland never succeeds. Uh, like, and I mean that both in the, in a sporting sense and uh, like, I just think Columbus Ohio forever, <laughs> you know, like just, just absorb all the good parts of Cleveland. No, I mean, obviously I hope the best for the people of Cleveland, but I hope their sports teams lose forever. So, but also how that, about the Cincinnati Bengals? Yeah. Right. I mean, look, well, it's the Bengals are another team, which is a lot of what makes this, this football season difficult to talk about it. It's a remains to be seen team. I mean, we need another few weeks. I, I thought we'd have everything figured out by now. I've been saying this on the power ranking shows for the past three, four fucking weeks. I thought we'd have everything figured out by now, but realistically that's, it's still a wait and see. There's too much parody. There's too many weird teams. Um, and a lot of injuries need to sort themselves out. So we'll just have to see where we are. Speaking of injuries, mm. uh, the next team on the list we have is the New York jets. I think deserving of the number seven spot in the power rankings, quite frankly, because of their their play, uh, the teams they've beat. Which I, I'm always I'm always harping on Bobby to factor in strength to schedule more on these power rankings because a lot of times it's like ah that team's six and zero oh, and it's like well who are they beating? Oh, they beat the fucking bad news bears, you know? It, 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 like nobody gives a shit about the teams they beat now. The Jets they went out and beat the Green Bay Packers for whatever you have a, an opinion on on their season. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is everybody's fucking darling, you know, ayahuasca or, or, or Niawaska. So at the end of the day, that's a good win. I, I really liked Sauce Gardner walking around with the cheese head. Uh, but Brees Hall's hurt now. And, and there's some other injuries that look, look like they're going to be season ending. Uh, where do you say it for me? I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll, I won't bury the lead here for me. If any of these kind of high record unexpected teams are going to drop off for me, it's going to be the jets injuries, uh, their personnel in general with like what I thought they were going to achieve coming into the season. But there's some other teams on this list we might c- come to where might, that might be your guys' opinion. So, Craig, I'll start with you. What do you think of this New York Jets team? Unbiasedly, I, I understand that they're in your division. They are a representative of the city of New York. But if you can try to put your your sort of unbiased hat on uh, for this New York Jets team, wh- where do you think they're going to go up or down on this power ranking? No, I think the Jets right now are probably the, I don't know, second, third best team in the AFC East right now, which is... Something considering three out of the four teams in the AFC. And you guys right are playing now, this upcoming week, yes? This yeah, game week? Yeah. Playing them at 1 o'clock on That'll tell us a Sunday. lot, I think. It will, but as far as the Jets go, I like this Jets team. I've always liked the Jets. I don't have this bitter hatred of the Jets that some Patriots fans do. And for good reason, they're a good team now. Bryce Hall was having such a good season. It sucks he went down. He was having a great rookie year. They just brought in... What, who is it? James Robinson. James from, Robinson. Uh, James yeah. Robinson. Also, you know, he seems to be he he he's fitting in. Uh, the locker room talk seems good. They also lost a big offensive lineman this week, but their defense, man, they have such a good defensive line, and their secondary is second to none right now. They've had they had they had a great offseason. I can't even come close to denying that. So they're going to be in it. I think the I think maybe the Patriots squeak by him this week, but. I don't know, man. I think the I think the they're going to be in it for the AFC East as long as Zach Wilson stays healthy for a while. Yeah, I mean, it's you bring up a good point. I'll, I'll redirect to Joe. I think 
the the issue they have is that they're in the AFC East, right? Because they're not gonna they're not gonna beat, nor will they surpass the record of the Buffalo Bills. So they're not winning that division. So best they can hope for is you know the the uh, essentially the the playoffs or the rest of the league, the rest of the AFC to to take pity on them record wise, which they're going in the right direction. Don't get me wrong. We'll definitely see them play the first week of the playoffs, but will like if they get in, we'll definitely see them play week one. But will they get in, Joe? Yeah, I I think they will. I think they're I think they're the real deal. I don't think they're going to fall too far in the top 10. I think they'll remain there the rest of the season. Brees Hall going down was huge, but then for them to for them to have the mind to go out and make that big of a move to bring in James Robinson, who I'm sure is happy that was smart. to leave, no, was a smart move. Yeah, to leave Jacksonville and go to New York. I mean, in other seasons we'd be like, "Well, there's a lateral move." Right. Uh, but this year, I mean, Craig, you said it about the defense. Uh, Robert Sala has always put together good defenses. He did it in San Francisco. It's the reason why everybody keeps saying, oh, Jimmy G, the defense got you to the Super Bowl. Great. Good. Because now he's got the New York freaking Jets at five and two in week eight of the NFL season. And ever since he came out and was like, I'm keeping receipts uh, on people talking shit about the Jets, uh, I don't think they've lost. So basically, he's a motivated, he's a motivating guy. He clearly has his guys playing well for him. Zach Wilson looks like an actual NFL quarterback. They got him some weapons in the offseason. I don't think the 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 loss of, of Brees Hall is going to hurt that team very much. Well, Michael Carter um, is a good running back, dude. Like he's yeah, oh yeah, I no, think, no, I, absolutely. I don't think he's Brees Hall, but I think he's a good running back. I think he's gonna come in and and, and I think at least alleviate some of the damage because it's not as if they were relying on him to be Saquon Barkley in the first place. He sure. was having a great season, don't get me wrong. But you know, we talk about this all the time with running backs, like it's really difficult to tell unless you replace the running back, how much of it is the offensive line, how much of it is the scheme, how much of it is that they're afraid of the quarterback, which I'm not hundred percent convinced that that's the case in, in New York for either New York team, to be honest with you. But I think Michael Carter can come in and, and be a serviceable substitute. Uh, I wouldn't be wholly shocked. What, what about you? No, I, I wouldn't be. You can also run on the Patriots as we learned last week. Well, so I, was, I was just yeah. going to say this, this week is a big test. And I, and I say this unbiasedly and I, I say this because one, Patriots teams have beat the Jets the last 12 times in the regular season. Barack Obama um, was still in office. When Obama was still in office. No, the, granted, they <laughs> Those lost the days. two years in a row <laughs> in the playoffs. But no, I, I think this is a very telling week for the New York Jets as a football team. They're going up against a conference, a divisional opponent that they haven't beaten in a very long time. They do have a few injuries. The Patriots are probably going to be a little pissed off after their blowout loss to the Chicago Bears. Would you call I, that a blowout? Would uh, I would. I would. I, I think it was. I just want to hear you say uh, yep. it again. Nope. It's an absolute <laughs> shellacking. It was an absolute shellacking, Dave. And I, I you know, it was so funny because I was like, oh, yeah. D-. I literally had that. I was like, oh, yeah, Dave's a Dave's a Bears fan. And it had, it had just been so busy. And I'm like sitting in the sins. stands watching the game. And no, it was an absolute shellacking. And, and well, I, you know, the point I made I just it, it, since we're, we're about to move on to the Minnesota Vikings. And I, I think this is a good segue. The point I made about that game is i i'm i think you guys might have just caught us on the worst possible week to catch this team like i'm not saying we're going to go on the bears are going to go on to to you know win the super bowl or you know even maybe even make the playoffs but i think there's been a lot of almost games for us it's not as if we've been losing badly to teams it's just been like oh we're there we're there we're in the game we're in the game which is i think what the young team should be the philosophy it's like just stay in the game and like give yourself a chance to win and the ball was just like never infields his hands to win and when it was like people were letting him down so once it was and once he was like trusted more and that was clear what what happened with the patriots it was like let's just lose or win on justin fields like let's let it happen and that dude is fucking dynamic like no like, he had an outstanding and, game that might that might have I been think his best game as a professional football easily player. easily easily not even close it's like easily his best game and i think that what what's what you can do now what you can draw from that game is you can say okay and we're coming on to talk about the minnesota vikings this is why i talk about this okay is that division really locked up because the packers don't look that good the packers don't look that fucking good the minnesota vikings i think there's a little air in that uh record <laughs> i really do i think there's a little air in there not a lot of meat uh i i think there's a world in which we we maybe catch up to these fuckers, you know. The, like the scene, the season is young. I mean, I don't want to get out of completely out of hand. I don't want to be Bobby when the Cowboys win a game by by two points. But I think, uh, you know, we're coming in to play Dallas this Sunday, and if we put on that same performance, win or lose, if we if we come close, there's a lot to take from it. And all I would ask of Justin Fields, if I was showing him game tape this week, is 
When you start to run once the play broke down, when you waited until the last possible second, when when they thought they had you, that's when the big things happened. When you were patient. When he broke off, when he went, fuck, the play, fuck, and it, the play's broken down, and he started running, not so much. So patience, he's he's the most sacked quarterback in the league right now. Like, that's just the case. So it's tough to ask patience of a guy like that. But, you know, I'm looking at this Vikings team uh, number. Well, what, but before, before we move on to that, I kind of want to re- relay that back to my, my final point on the Jets because – so I look at the game that Justin Fields had. Everflus yeah, they are similar. Together. Their, their, their offenses yeah. are, are sort of built similarly. But Ever, Ever, Everflus put together a really nice game plan against the Patriots. He out he outcoached Bill Belichick on Monday night. Like, that's plain and simple. Justin Fields played the best game of his career. Uh, Everflus outcoached him, and he exposed the defense. Whether it was good or bad, he, he exposed the defense to the entire NFL for the New England Patriots. And I think that comes back to the New York Jets, where they are similar offensively, the the Jets and the Bears. But also, now you get the Patriots on a little bit of a short week. Some guys are banged up. There's been some trade talks. You you kind of put yourself into a situation with a uh, quarterback controversy. This is a huge game for the Jets. If the Patriots come out and win this and put the Jets to five and three, I might have some more questions about it next week. But if the Jets go out and beat the Patriots, the Jets are the real deal. And and I'm not saying that because I I think the Patriots. Well, are there's good. a game plan there for them to use, I, right? I uh, without the- a doubt, exactly. And I and I think if they use that and they execute that the right way, they beat New England, they knock New England down another peg, and uh, and they keep climbing up the ranks uh, in the AFC East, and they and they're a good football team. And that's uh, I. And I know you guys, they did the NFL show already this week, but I, I would have the Jets beating the Patriots this week in the Meadowlands. Yeah, I mean, they are at home. They are steaming. But, you know, the Patriots are are, are a hit dog. Like, they might They're be pissed off. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, you never want to play Bill Belichick when his back's against the wall. So uh, moving on now to the uh, Minnesota Vikings. And like I said, I think there's a little air in that tire. Craig, talk to me about what you think from your perspective. I'm pretty biased. I, I never think the Vikings are good. I, I think sure. for me, I've watched the Vikings have better records than they deserve since I was nine years old. <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you, that's how I feel about them. I think her cousins, we lad. Yeah, I think her cousins in prime time uh, is a safe bet to always fail. I think all playoff games are in prime time and, uh, you know, maybe not the traditional time slot, but they're they're under the lights and he's under the microscope. So I just don't see him doing anything. But I mean, can you make an argument in the other direction? And and if you wouldn't mind, uh, tell me how hopeful I should be that the Bears might be able to catch them after last week's performance. Well, the defense played like they did against the Patriots this last week. You actually, I would be rather encouraged because let's be real, the only thing that's keeping the Vikings back from being you know higher on this power rankings is the fact that Kirk Cousins doesn't do anything good other than being a competent passer. He's the one thing holding this team back from being on the upper echelon. Of the NFL right now. If you ask me, if I had to, if I had to pick what team I felt had the most dynamic playmakers or best combined team, it would probably be the Vikings. They have Dalvin Cook, who's one of the best running backs in the NFL. Justin Jefferson, who I think is the best wide receiver in the NFL. Adam Thieland, five, uh, you know, five years ago was the best wide receiver in the NFL. They have Irv Smith at tight end. I would make an argument for Cooper Cup still, but I hear what you're yeah. saying. Uh, arg- arguably. Let's put it. Yeah, up. but he's up there. He's there. Yeah. He's right there. You know, Irv, Irv Smith has been a competent tight end, and there aren't that many good tight ends in the NFL. And their defense has been out there too. The only thing keeping them keeping them back is Kirk Cousins. When Kirk Cousins is under the lights, he melts like Donald Trump in that one video that where he just hates it. He's like, turn those lights off. I don't like them. But when it's one o'clock or, or when it's four o'clock or earlier, when it's not a prime time, when the focus is not on him, he lights people up. He doesn't do anything good but he doesn't do anything bad enough to put the Vikings in a position to lose. Yeah. But I mean, he can lose you games in prime. Absolutely. Time, right? Like, you know, he, he will fuck up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and that's, I think the issue it's like, you, you can't be the best wide receiver in the NFL. If the service isn't good, you know, the ball doesn't start in your hands. The ball, the ball starts in someone else's hands. And if it starts in it, the hands of a guy who's almost certainly going to fuck up when it matters the most, you're not feeling great. And I think that, you, all these guys are looking at him and being like, well, that's our leader. That's our guy. And I think you're trying to believe in him, but they know too, you know? So unless Kirk Cousins can fucking turn that shit around, I just don't see it. And I think there's a good chance we we catch him. Joe, what do you think but, about but this there Vikings is, But there is a thing with the Vikings. Their, their offense is just so dynamic. You can just huck it down the field and someone's going to catch it. 
Yeah, you would think that, but yeah. I mean, that's it's like literally never worked when it when mm-hmm. it matters. You know, like it yeah. works, like you said, it works at ten a.m. I mean, it's my time, ten a.m. on a Sunday, <laughs> but uh, it, it doesn't necessarily work on Sunday night. And and I think that that says more than the time slot. That says, you know, are, do you grow when it matters most? Do you rise to the occasion, or do you shrink like a violet under the light? And I mm-hmm. think that what we that's what we've seen about Kirk Cousins. Now, I'm not saying he can't go on to prove me wrong. Uh, but it wouldn't really be proving me wrong because what I'm saying is, and what you're saying is based on the empirical evidence we have in our hands yeah. right now. So yeah. he can change the narrative. He can change that evidence because uh, he's got more games to start in the NFL, but it, 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 this is what it is right now. This is the truth of the situation. So how do you believe in the, in the, in the Minnesota Vikings? Joe, put yourself in a position where you have to talk yourself into the Minnesota Vikings. You have to do it. Oh, I've, 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 I've already done it, and you don't need to force me. I, I think the Minnesota Vikings will win the NFC North. I think they'll stay in the wow, top Thanks 10. a lot, man. And, and, here, <laughs> and here you go. And here you go. And I'll give you a few reasons why. Uh, Cardinals, Commanders, Bills, Cowboys, Patriots, Jets, Lions, Colts, Giants, Packers, Bears. That's their, uh, that's their the, the rest of their schedule. I see one, two, three four losses left on there. I have them losing to the Bills, uh the Patriots only because it's in prime time on Thanksgiving. Sure. The Jets because I think they're a better team, uh and the Giants because I think they're a better team. I think they can beat the Packers, I think they can beat the Bears. They should beat the Colts and the Lions. And Are you and- said but are you also saying at the same time that the Minnesota Vikings are going to be the weakest team with a bye week going into the playoffs? No. Well, weakest team with a bye week. I mean, we're talking about only two teams. You know what I mean? So, like, I, I don't necessarily believe that they will be the number one seed in the NFC because, again, there's only one bye week. Right, they might be with that record that you just gave them. <laughs> well, I know, but I, 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 I mean, let's let's get up to the to the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Eagles that we, that I'll, I'll, you know, big market tease on where they are here yeah. and possibly in the top ten. So, I mean, yeah. I, I just think that I think that the Vikings defense but, but i mean I, I guess my point is you're saying you know you're saying these these are the losses i see for them the wins are not you know you're, you're basically saying every good team they come up against they're gonna they're gonna lose to so no, that doesn't I, I don't think, with a I don't ton think of every good team i have them beating the cowboys that might be because the cowboys are no able to no lose it games. has nothing to do with that i mean i i i did has nothing to do with having a cowboys fan uh, on the podcast or, or I don't have them beating the Cowboys to be honest with you. I know, but I but I do, and so I, just to prove my point that I don't have them losing to every good football team. I I think the Vikings are are a good football team. I think their defense is good, and I think if Kevin O'Connell can prove that he can coach in the NFL, that'd be fine. Do I yeah. think that Kirk Cousins is going to win them a Super Bowl? No. Do I think they're going to be? Well, then what are they doing? They're going to be one of the weaker teams going into the playoffs. Well, what, that, that's not, my point, though. What are they? But they're doing? not going to be the number one seed, so they could get bounced in the first round. Yeah, but like then, what are you doing? Like, if you're sitting there talking yourself, and they're either talking themselves into Kirk Cousins, or they know they they've already talked themselves into Kirk Cousins. If they right, weren't, well, they would have done something great. else. With them. I, I hope I hope that that remains the case for all eternity. I hope he lives forever. So no, uh, I do too, because because I hope that that happens for you, so that when he's sixty <laughs> and he's still the quarterback in the Minnesota, you just don't see. This is where your bias is showing. So yeah, of up. course, yeah. I'm not trying to hide right. it. So let's let's not let's not be biased. no, but also, but also, I just think I, I genuinely think that like I, you know, this is the issue when you're talking about your divisional teams, and you guys run into this when you talk about the Bills and the Jets and the Dolphins. Yes, I'm biased. Yes, I hate them. Also, I watch them more than everybody. Right, so uh, there's there's well, also you just told things- us to not be biased, and Craig told you that he doesn't hate the Jets. Yeah, but that's not my point. My point is, yes, of course, I have a bias against them. Yes, of course, I want them to fail, but that doesn't mean that I don't watch them enough to not know empirically whether or not they're good or bad. Like I know yeah. when the Packers are good, I know when they're going to win the the NFC North, which is fucking always. But so what do you think of the Vikings year? then? I, I genuinely think they're still sort of phonies. Like, I, I think that, like, as much as they're good in those skill positions, yes, they the Kirk Cousins conversation we've had to death at this point. But also, like, I just think that they, like, the Bears almost came back against them, and it was the, it was the Bears that shot themselves in the foot uh, to to have that comeback. You, you you can't be letting that happen if you're if you're going to be like the one of the six best teams according to these power rankings in the NFL. You just can't be letting that happen. But the, if, the, one of the six best teams in Week Eight. We're not talking about one of the six best teams in Week Seventeen. But, but but we are though, because like we're talking about one of the six best teams as of right now in the NFL. Sure. 
that's the context of the conversation. So what do I think of the Vikings as of right now? I don't think they're one of the six best teams in the NFL. I don't think they're going to remain in the, in the top six to eight best teams in the NFL. But I do think that they they flatter to deceive. I, I think that they they put on a great show every season for like what they're going to be. I think, you know why I think people are always high on them? Because I think you can get four to five guys out of the Vikings that appear in fantasy football leagues that hurt you or help you. And I think sure. that's why people are always fucking high on the Vikings because they operate from a perspective of fantasy football. Not to say that I don't, not to say that I don't know a shitload more about the Chargers because I drafted Justin Herbert and Mike Williams, if you couldn't tell from our Chargers section of this fucking podcast. But that, I think, is what the Vikings are. I think they're a fantasy football team. They're a fantasy. They're fucking imaginary. So I think, I think... I mean, this is a great little real marker Dave. post. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad we had this conversation. To be totally honest with you, because this is a great marker post from, from this point forward. This is the week where it's do or die, get good or get bad. Teams are going to have to start winning, and teams are going to have to start losing. Not everybody can be fucking eight and nine or nine and eight, you know. So that's just not how the math's going to shake out. So I think we look at this Minnesota Vikings team. I think you have a very good point and a very clear perspective on the idea that they have a ton of skill players. I think that Craig has a, a very good point, a very clear perspective on the fact that they maybe have, you know, players at, at the top of their position, but their quarterback might let them down. Yeah. And what I'm telling you is this might be the week to figure it out. We don't know the answer, but I'm glad we had the conversation so we can mark this in the post and say, uh, you know, either you were right or I was right. And I, I hope I'm right because I think I'm more of a fucking emotional horse in the race, but like, whatever, <laughs> it's what it is. We you can't might, tell. Like, None of us can right. tell by the way you're jittering and scratching your neck as you're talking about. Listen, them. here's the thing. I, I agree with you that they have studs all over the field. I really do. Sure. But, uh, but, but at the most position, uh, the most important position on the field, yeah, they don't. I'm glad they bought the best paint in the store, but if you don't have a good painter, all that is, is a color. So moving on from the, uh, from the lovely lovely minnesota vikings let's talk about the new york giants for a second a team i'm sure uh when you win five uh the two that you know the two heartbreaks you well losses probably don't haunt you too badly but uh it's since the theme of since the theme of bias has emerged here has it been hard for you craig to to look at the new york giants sort of emerge when you thought they were going to be shitty this season or can you look at them now as a team much like you said about the jets that oh great i like this team i you know i like the i like the coach i like what they're doing i like saquon barkley even though i traded him to dave like what how do you feel? <laughs> well, Saquon Barkley is a huge reason why I like, uh, you know, obviously a great reason why I like them. Uh, other than that, you know, I don't know how that's going to go for them moving forward. We'll see moving. We'll see uh, how it goes. Of course, he's been injured. So, you know, pretty much the only difference I've seen between this Giants team and the previous ones is brand new coaching staff and Saquon Barkley is actually healthy. I'm not going to lie to you and sit here. I don't know a lot about the Giants. I think but... they're keeping him healthy, though, right? Like, I think yeah. the way they're using him is a little bit more responsible. I think he's where he has been in the past, and that's one of the most dominant running backs in the league. And that's going to be enough to keep them on, you know, keep them on pace on there the entire season. I, you know... Their upcoming schedule is not that difficult, so I think they're going to be in it for the remain for pretty a good chunk of the season. But you know, when it comes to crunch time and it comes down to which quarterback is better, you know, the questions are going to be there. And if Saquon Barkley isn't going to be able to do it, and I don't think in this court, I don't think in this NFL, if your best player is a running back, you're really going to go far. And yeah, Daniel that's Jones always been true, right? I think we we sort of have that as a truism on this show at this sure. point. And um, with, but with, I do think that Daniel Jones, there was talk coming into the season that like. You know, he was going to be a bust, and now he's not playing particularly well, but his team is what they are. He's winning football games. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's, I don't think you have as, a, quite as much of a body of work to criticize him as you do, like the Kirk Cousins of the world, where you could say he's winning football games where you know when he's going to stop. But look at this New York Giants team and, and look at who's number four, Joe, on the, uh, on the power rankings. And could you not see the Giants and the, and the, Cowboys meeting in the first or second round and the Cowboys sure. fucking losing. I mean, you could see it, right? Like the, this well, is a no. New York Giants team. That's like it. it's built to win football games. It's been, it's built to win good, big, good football games against good teams. And I think that they, they're the team on this list that maybe I didn't expect to be talking about at this point, but they're the team on this list where I could see them winning a couple of games in the postseason yeah. based on how they're playing. What, what do you think of this, this Giants team? I, I know you're big on head coaches. So I am. Well, Here, here's Brian where we are. Dable, Brian Dable has proven himself as a very good defensive coordinator in the NFL. Uh, and he is one of, I don't want to say he's, he's in, he's in short, short company. He's in a, he's in a small group of head coaches that have been this successful with a relatively bad football team right away. 
Uh, he's, he's made Daniel Jones look like a serviceable NFL quarterback. Somehow Saquon Barkley is staying healthy. I think Elijah Moore for the New York Jets and Kadarius Tony of the uh, New York Giants or now of the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, I think they might live together and there's something in the water in their building because those two guys came out and started complaining about playing time and injuries and how they've been being handled. And it's like, boys, at some point, like, you got to just you know, stop the yapping and you're on good football teams, good football teams that haven't been good in a very long time. Uh, of course, the Giants have been good more recently than the Jets, but you're on very good football teams right now. This New York Giants team is is the real deal. But Dave, as you just said, their handicap is going to be the fact that they are currently playing in the best division in football, save for the commanders who are not, they're not awful, but they're not a good football team. Like they're awful. <laughs> they, they, I, I don't. I don't think they're awful. They're, there's worse teams in the NFL than the Washington Commanders, but they're but they're not the reason why this AFC East is the best. It's it's why you know number four and then an, another team that might may or may not be above them. Yeah, oh, like Craig said, their their schedule right now doesn't look too bad, but they do still have to play the Eagles and the Cowboys. So I mean, let's let's that's see. Two that's probably two L's. To, to me, to be honest with you, the way the Cowboys have been playing, the way the Eagles have been playing, but if they're going to win either of those games, they're probably going to beat the Cowboys. I don't see them handing the Eagles their first loss, but I, I, I like to see. We'll talk about this when we get on the Eagles, but I would like to see the Eagles tested. Uh, you know, I don't. I'm not sure how tested they've been. You can't take away an undefeated record. You know, you can only play what teams are put in front of you. But it's not as if the you know they've had the kind of game where the Chiefs and the Bills had to beat each other, beat each other up for, for in a in a game in prime time. You know what I mean? So I I want to see the Giants go and test the, the Eagles, and I think we'll know a lot more about both teams once that happens. But it, to me, that the the Giants and the Cowboys being neck and neck in this power ranking says says a lot because they're very similar. They're in very similar positions as what, much as we might have expected more from one than the other. Craig, uh, you know they're it, they're they're sort of on a precipice in their season. They they share division and they could go either way. So like, who, if you were to take either the Cowboys or the Giants and ride with the, one of these teams for the rest of the season, who would it be? Right now, I would take. I would take. I would be. I would you know ride on that saddle and get on the Cowboys really quickly because they have interesting champion. They have championship worthy. Don't, don't yeah. say it. <laughs> no 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 championship worthy defense is the word I was going to say. They do. Their defense is elite. It's so good and yeah. the giants did i was gonna get uh no i'm sorry the cowboys did exactly what the patriots should have done with the mac jones quarterback situation you know Dak prescott yes. got hurt yes cooper rush filled in for a couple of games and that uh, you know that uh except the opposite back in- though right that's sort of the opposite or do I mean, you mean that they they let cooper rush go in and fail and they, let they, him, Dak, they, Dak they let in. him become what he was Right. You know, he had a very good couple of games at the beginning of the season. Then, you know, the shine came off that penny real quick. And then there was no controversy. What they did was they put, they named Dak, you know, Monday. Dak's the starter. He'll be starting the, the against the Jaguars. Came in, didn't do that well against the Jaguars. Uh, no, I'm sorry. That was the Giants. I'm looking at the Giants. Uh, whoever the Cowboys faced last week didn't have a good game. I think he drew two, two or three interceptions, but they stuck with him. They proved that. They let him know that he is the guy, and there is no question about it. And that's where the Patriots screwed up. But going back to the Cowboys, they're still the Cowboys. They're still going to be a good team. You know, they're going to shit their pants in the postseason probably. But until <laughs> the, until then, they're they're going to be up there in the upper echelon of the team. They're you know Jerry Jones loves paying for great regular season wins. I think that there's a little bit of a uh, a fact emerging in dallas though uh like it or not i think that their offensive coordinator might be lacking in his creativity and his ability to put together a, a, a really good offense around the players that he has but at the same time there's you know there's guys like zeke emerging back into kind of what they paid for there's they are establishing a running game uh and they're gonna ride with dak one way or the other so what do you think joe as the as, the, as essentially the the guy with the perspective on the coaching staffs uh across the course of this podcast what do you think i mean uh, Kellen Moore, right? Uh, oh, is, is, is their offensive coordinator. And I think that, you know, I've heard his name too often for an offensive coordinator to, 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 uh, think anything good is going on at his job. So what do you think's going on there? Uh, Bo- Bobby's right about Kellen Moore. And he's been saying it to us for two, two or three seasons now, uh, that he's not the guy, he's not it. And, uh, and I, I think he might at this point be right. I've always also been under the impression that Dak and Zeke are overrated. That's my personal feeling. 
on those two players. Maybe that would be different if they had a better offensive coordinator. Uh, maybe Kellen Moore isn't it. And I think Bobby's onto something there. You know, whether we've agreed with him or disagreed with him, I think this is a good time to point out those deficiencies because their defense is kind of doing the, the job for them right now. I mean, they won, what did they go? Three and one with, yeah, with right. Cooper Rush. So, I mean, that's, that was all defense. I mean, Cooper Rush managed the games, but he wasn't putting up, you know, Dak, Dak Prescott numbers for a guy that I just said. Dak Prescott at his best. Right. Dak Prescott at his best for a guy that I just said was underrated, but, but we're looking at a defensive team. And, and this is why, I mean, you, you know, Craig said at the end of the day, they could go into the playoffs and just get their, you know, poop kicked in. I don't know at five and two, I, I do see them losing to the giants. I think the giants are just the better team. And I think they're the better coach team. I, I would see them. Have they played they're them? Definitely a the better already? coach team. That's for sure. Yeah. Have they played the, have they, have those two teams played yet? Yeah. I don't think they have. So they still have two games. So, I mean, I think the Giants either split or sweep that. And then, you know, I, I would have Philadelphia towards the top of that division. And if some of these other NFC teams kind of start getting better, which I think will happen, and we see it with the Cowboys every year where they kind of flounder towards the end of the year. No, sorry, they um, haven't played. They played. The Cowboys beat them 23-16. Okay. All right. So in the second meeting, I would have the Giants beating them. And then... uh uh, I think there is a chance that the Cowboys could fall down out of the top five here. You know, of course, we kind of rate that on the top 14 because that's how many teams make the playoffs, but uh, they could fall out. They could fall out. They could, something could happen here. We're again, seven weeks. This is kind of a good marker, as you said, Dave, but I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of like Bobby. I don't really trust any Cowboys teams, but I don't root for him. He does. I guess we'll see a lot when they play the Bears this weekend. You know, the Bears coming off a big win, looking like they can maybe do some damage against a uh, good on-paper defense. We'll see. Uh, I think we'll know a lot about both those teams come come the end of the week. I know where the smart money is probably on Dallas, but uh, I'm starting to believe, gentlemen. All right, uh, moving on, and we're going to do what we usually do in these power rankings because the top three hasn't moved uh, all year, which makes a lot of sense. I told you, um, 15 minutes. Since I have a new, uh, yeah, since I have a new cast of characters here, uh, relatively new, I'm going to do what I started doing with with you, you and Bobby Joe a few weeks ago, which is I'm going to ask you to pick. Uh, your your uh, either the Buffalo Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs as your AFC team. And explain to me why. And then we're going to go on and talk to uh, you're going to talk to me about where they are against the Eagles. If a potential Super Bowl happened between these, uh, you know, two of these top three teams. So I'll start with you, Joe, where uh, you told me you were Kansas City last time. I think we talked to you. And are, is that still the case or do you see some deficiencies emerging in the Kansas City world? I actually see their deficiencies going away. I, I see them getting better as a football team, and they're already a good football team. I think they're starting to iron out some of the issues that they may have had at the beginning of the year. They did just trade for Kadarius Tony on Thursday. I don't know how good this kid is because he hasn't been around long enough. But they, I don't know how much it's going to matter. To be honest, with I don't. Know, I don't know how much it's going to matter either. But I mean, you know, they, they're, it's a they're good, already, it's a good punt. You know, yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, this is kind of what they do. They bring guys in, and they clearly can succeed without Tyreek Hill. Uh, they have a nice two-headed monster in the backfield in Edwards, Hilaire, and Pacheco. They still have number 15 back there, Craig. Huh? They, they <laughs> Craig, number 15, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, that guy. Um, he's still playing, Craig. Thanks, he's still Dad. playing. <laughs> now, now, now that said, you're not allowed to make fun of me. <laughs> now, that said, the Buffalo Bills are a wagon, and I still believe that. I still believe they're a wagon. They're a good football team. Their running game has gotten better. They're they won the head-to-head. They, they won the head-to-head. Their passing game has not gotten worse. And you keep saying it. I'm I'm big on the coaches. I like Sean McDermott. Andy Reid is well, the best head on. coach. But let, hold on. Andy Reid is the best head coach out of the top three teams. Like, we're all agreed oh, on no, that. Oh, no, without a doubt. Well, okay, without cool. a doubt. Without <laughs> okay. a doubt. I I think, and well, I'll tell you what I think about the other the the other coach on the other side. But I, I have Kansas City winning that matchup again. Like, if this was the AFC Championship, I th- I personally think it's bad that they played a game like that in the regular season for the Bills. Like it reminds me, you remember the the 16th game of the season against the Giants for the that the Patriots like shouldn't yep. have tried so hard. <laughs> you know, like maybe they should have just taken the 15 and one season. What well, happened to them the in, against the Jets in the in the two seasons? That I, they think lost the, the I think the I think that Andy Reid Andy Reid knows to not show his whole playbook in that game. I think that the Buffalo Bills did everything they could to win that game, and I think that that gave the the basically the biggest scare that the Kansas City Chiefs have in the AFC uh, in the Buffalo Bills it gave them a little bit of a radar on them. And I think that uh, we're, we're going to see that because I've seen that theme so many times. And when these two big teams collide, they have a close game 
but maybe one coach kept a couple of things a little, a little bit closer to his chest because you can take that one L in the regular season because when it's going to matter is if you meet head to head in the in the uh, probably the AFC Championship game I think with the way that their uh, the way that their seasons are going so yeah I mean I agree with you I I it's it's to, to, you're talking about margins at the top right once you're talking about margins at the top they're very very small um if somebody was to sit here and make an argument to me that if you bottled the talent of Josh Allen and you bottled the talent of Patrick Mahomes, that the Josh Allen bottle would be a little bit more full. I mean, I wouldn't agree with them, but I would see where they were coming from. You know, like the guy has a lot of things. He's he's essentially the new prototype of an NFL quarterback. But I just I've seen Patty do it. You know, I've seen him do it when it matters. So to me, he's always going to be the guy until that changes. So, Craig, That's if you had to- so much fun though, because those those two guys, yeah, are so no, it's fun. great. It's a new era of exactly. rivalry. I mean, so it's, different. It's, it, it, you know, we grew up, we, we now look at it as so lucky uh, to, to see the rivalries at quarterback and, and the big teams that we saw play against each other. Like the big quarterbacks when we were kids being the Tom Brady's, the Peyton Manning's, the Ben Roethlisberger's, the Aaron Rodgers a little bit later, the Brett Favre a little bit earlier. Um, you know, the fun ones in there like Mike Vick, uh, the Steve McNair, you know, like the, these these rivalries emerging and the new generation is really cool to watch, I think. And to see what are essentially emerging as the two best guys, because I, as much as like the Philadelphia Eagles are fun to watch, I'm not sure you can really put Jalen Hurts in the conversation with Pat Mahomes and, and Josh Allen at this point. Not um, yet. But not yet. I mean, not ever, probably. But if you, <laughs> if it just, it just me. That's just me. But uh, Craig, so you got two AFC juggernauts. One's one they head to head. Me and Joe are over here agreeing that it's still the Chiefs. What do you think? Are you on Team Dave and Joe, or do you think you have a you have an alternate point on the Buffalo Bills being the the emerging talent in the NFC this year? I just think the Buffalo Bills are so good across the board. I, you know, I know what the Kansas City Chiefs are, and I know the Bills play in our division, but I just, you know, I just still feel like the Bills are up and coming, and I mean that in in a good way. I'm not saying yeah. the Chiefs are bad, but ultimately, I think those teams are so good. I think they're so even keeled. It really ultimately comes out to who has the home game. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, sure. I, I think I think uh, a lot of people are putting a lot of onus on the fact that the Bills rode into what's probably the hardest stadium to go into right now in the NFL uh, and, and win a game. And they they went into Arrowhead and they won. I, th- I, I think that's a really different proposition in the playoffs. Uh, and it's a really, really different proposition in, in an AFC championship game, which is more than likely where these two teams are going to meet. Who do you think is going to get the home field advantage then? Because it sounds like you're saying the Buffalo Bills need it in order to uh, get to a Super Bowl. <sighs> the, the Chiefs. It's tough. It's tough because I feel like it's it's these teams are just so close. It's really so they have the, you know, they're, they're stacked at pretty much every position. It's pretty much a wash. It's pretty, you know, we've been saying that coach. Weeks. Maybe I don't, you know, I mean, there's, yeah, there's, head there's, coach is, yeah if I, I think Andy Reid is the best head coach yeah. of the top three in this top three. Andy yeah, but there's also, also something to be said for what he looks like in the playoffs. You know, he does tend to come up short despite short. And he did with the recent. Eagles for so many years, but he does yeah. have a Super Bowl with Kansas City. I think he kind of washed some of that away. I think sometimes. That's just going to happen. I mean, Andy Reid, Andy Reid right now is the best coach in the NFL. Yep. Yeah. Right now, he's the best coach in the NFL. And and I think Sean McDermott. Let me tell you a little something about a man named Eberflus. (laughs) (laughs) He'll get, Uh, I I still got to tell you, and I I don't want to keep going back to it, and I don't want to pump up your tires too much. But as disappointing as that game was from a Patriot standpoint on Monday night, no, knowing you being on this podcast with you talking to you every day, it was it was really encouraging to see that kind of a game plan and nah, him yeah, nah, have totally. the balls to just go out and attack one of the greatest coaches of all. That's time. the only way to beat Bill Belichick. You know, I mean, the unfortunate yeah. reality is that uh, Doug Peterson put that fucking plan to paper as much as that guy's a douche. The only way to beat Bill Belichick is to beat him in his own game and go at him head to head. Yep, like a he's a seven year old yeah. man. Just push him. <laughs> Poor fucking guy. Well, yeah, but see, here's the rich, problem. Rich so is Andy Reid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like Andy Reid's made a made a made of some sternish stuff though. He's a big dude. So, you know, the theme uh of of taking these top three as a top three over the past few weeks when we've been doing this power ranking show has been whoever comes out of the AFC is the championship, is the champion. All three players in this podcast seem to agree on that. Does anyone think that at this point now the 6 and 0 Eagles are beating either the Buffalo Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs in a Super Bowl? Craig. Are the Eagles going to beat the Chiefs or the Bills? I really don't think so. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. But, you know, I, I want I want there's you know, there's a part of me that wants to say yes, but I just don't see it. Yeah. 
This could be a fun clip to play back when they're the Super Bowl champions. But, uh, Joe, do the Philadelphia Eagles beat either the Bills or the Chiefs? I mean, if they get the next AFC team on the list, I think they're Super Bowl champions. But do they beat either the Buffalo Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs right now in a Super Bowl? Prime time, primest of times, the most watched show in America. Do they win that game? No. No, I, I think they're the I think they're the best team in the NFC right now. There's only four teams in Bobby's top ten, and that's actually pretty close across the board. Actually, 10. with all of the what, what did I say? No, don't worry about it. What? Don't worry about it. You just threw me all off, Craig. Um, you know what, man? What's wrong with you? It's your birthday, and you just think you can do whatever you want. Philadelphia me. Eagles aren't beating either one of those teams, and I I actually disagree with you, Dave. I think if the New York Jets met the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl, ah. the New York Jets would be your Super Bowl champions. I do. I, I, I think see that happening. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I, see, right now, I am where they're six and zero. Oh, so I'm not at the same place I was with Zach Taylor that I am with Nick Sirianni. But I think Nick Sirianni is actually a fraud. I don't think he's a good NFL head coach. I think right now they're rolling. I think they have the personnel. I think they've they've made the wise roster moves. I think they've put the best players on the field that can fit with the other best players on the field. Their defense is really good. They're a good football team. I just don't see I just don't see Nick Sirianni having it in him to beat Buffalo or Kansas City in a Super Bowl. And I think Robert Sala would beat him out too. And here here's the thing I'm looking at. You know, they're six and zero right now. The only time they've scored over 30 points is opening week against the Lions. And then I look at the record. Like the schedule, I've been saying it. Schedule, <laughs> like I've been saying I, it. I just looked at it, and I was dumbfounded. So they beat they beat the Lions. They blew them out, but they also gave up 35 points in that game as well. They beat the Vikings. Great. Uh, blew out the Commanders. This is my whole point about the Eagles all, all year. This yeah. is my whole point. So <laughs> like... then the Jaguars, the Cardinals, and the Cowboys, which was a good win. But then just look at the schedule. That's a divisional going. win, though, so you got to take that with a grain of salt. You sure. Know. But then just look at the schedule going forward. They got the Steelers this week. They'll win then that. The e- then, the e- uh, the, the, then the Texans. They'll the win Commanders. That. They'll win that. Then the Colts. They'll win that. Packers. They might lose that. Titans. They might lose that. They match up kind of badly against the Titans, but the, I mean, they could, they could potentially be like twelve, what twelve and zero by the time we're at this point, you know. Mm-hmm. And then they're like undeniable because of their record. But nobody. Oh, this has been my whole point every week for the past six weeks. We've done this power ranking show, and I've said what happens when the number one team on the power rankings meets either the two or the three team in the biggest game of the season, and no one, including the man who makes the fucking power rankings himself, has been able to look me in the eye and tell me that they win that game. I can't. So, you know, right now, right right now, the Eagles are the number one team in the NFL, and I don't necessarily believe that because 100%. they're undefeated. I'm not saying they should be. I'm not saying, no. saying they shouldn't be number one. What I'm saying is, and I'm not even saying that they're not the, the, the number one team in the NFL if tested. I'm not even saying they're not that. I'm saying they haven't been. So it's important to remember that there's definitive flaws built in on paper to this Eagles team. They're they're completely untested when it it comes to uh, huge games against elite teams. And I think there's a world in which they play either the Buffalo Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs. And they get fucking blown out. (laughs) It's like these are two teams that are so good. And they're so good. Why? Because they play really good teams all the fucking time and they They win to win the game yeah and on that note uh i think we can walk away but go ahead Joe. just one one more thing uh, and and it's not necessarily a defense or uh, or against bobby here or or you either no it's not his fault he has to put them in number one but this is what this is what i'm going to say because he doesn't have to put him number one because in 2020 when the Steelers were undefeated and they and they remained undefeated and they started eleven and zero, he had them at saying number it then one. Too. <laughs> but, but he had them in number one once. So what I'm saying is, it's like just in the context of football, I don't think he's wrong here. I will just say, like you look at think that there's probably more of a chance that they're not frauds than team. It seemed to make everybody really mad, which I get great enjoyment out of. But I think that when you fill up the Eagles team, like. There's probably a higher percentage chance that they are legitimately this good. They are six and zero good than that than that Steelers team. So I get it. For me, if I was making these power rankings, which I don't, so it doesn't matter. I just host the show. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs would be number one. 
that would be that would still be true of me. But like Bobby told me, he admitted it. He said the quiet part out loud. He was like, "That's boring." So that's why we have this. And yeah, honestly, it's an easier thing to talk about. It's an easier we'll just, to talk about when you have it like this. So it's great. Which is funny, Dave, because I I have the Kansas City Chiefs like in the realm of right now. I have the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, and yet I would have the Same. Bills. I would have the Bills number one. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, but I mean, uh, those three teams are still my top three, just not in the order that Bobby has them. Not to bring down the whole house of cards, but that's why the power rankings cease to matter once once the games start to matter a little bit more. So, so <laughs> on that note, on the power ranking show, no, I mean, I love that we have these. I, I love that we're keeping track of it, and I love that we have a show built around it because I think it's a lot of fun to talk about who the best, who the worst, and who the also Rams are in the NFL. And it's a really difficult season to make a power rankings, like we said, because there's a ton of parody teams that that's are one of those smart people words. Uh, there's a, there's a, uh, there's teams that are supposed to be better. There's teams that are supposed to be worse. And it turns out supposed to be, doesn't mean anything when you enter an NFL season, it only is what is. So just because you put periods at the end of a sentence doesn't mean that it's fact. Yeah, that's very true, but at least it means it's grammatically correct. So you can go off that, but, uh, unless it deserved a semicolon or perhaps a comma. So for Joe Malkin, uh, Craig D'Alessandro and myself, Uh, I wish you all a wonderful week of NFL football, and we'll see you at the same time next week. Thanks so much for listening. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid. Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys. Electric acid.